Welcome to Uncontained. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render. This is episode 34 with B. Casa. She's a hip hop artist, manager, and consultant out of the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, we met back uh, a few years ago. She was running an online radio station, WKIL, We Keep It Lit Radio, and I did some voiceover work recording some drops for her radio show. Now she's expanded to managing artists and has Bay Area Raps and VegasRaps.com where they spotlight hip-hop artists coming to that area and you can find out what venue, where they're at, when they're playing, and everything that you need to know in order to be there. Please enjoy this episode and see how B-Casa lives uncontained. How's it going today, B-Casa, and welcome to Uncontained. I'm doing pretty well. How about you? I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, taking time to sit down and talk with me today. We go a little ways back to uh, when I was working in the city, and you were in the business of promoting hip-hop groups, and now you're managing. You want to take a minute and fill in the blanks how you got from promoting to managing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Well, I was always promoting. I mean, I was always managing, but promotion was just something that was always kind of something that people saw me do promotion was kind of like 10 percent of it you know kind of like homework you don't do your homework you don't get the a but a you know what i mean (laughs) but anyways i got into that because i started doing production and engineering and from there i was giving a lot of different artists advice on what to do and what moves to make and how to find different people that uh did video production um, I got into doing graphic design, and I started doing a little DJing. So from doing all those different types of stuff, that helped me to understand the music business a little bit better, as well as the marketing side of it. So all with all that together, that helped me to start managing different artists. Didn't you have a uh, online radio station too, like WKIL? Yeah, it was actually called We Keep It Live Radio. Yep. That was a uh, few years back. We keep it lit radio. Yeah, you had me actually do a little voice work for you on that. That's actually yeah. one of our first meetings. You're like, oh, you do voices, you work in radio, will you do this? And I remember coming up and just laying down, uh, you're listening to We Keep It Lit Radio. Yeah, that was kind of like my first introduction to like just professionalism when it came to DJing because a lot of people, you know, they, they everyone needs drops when it comes to radio and being a DJ for especially mixtapes. Cause around the time when I was meeting you, we were talking about that, like mixtapes were really hot. So I was hosting mixtapes. So to have and meet someone that could do that voice and that had a radio background, like that was so essential. So yeah, I really appreciate that. You definitely brought my game to a whole nother level after that, man. That was, that was going. It all started with that. Now we're here to move from radio to uncontained. And um, you've moved from doing mainly promoting and managing to consulting. So what is your role now that you're doing? Well, right now I am uh, still doing management and consulting. I also own two different websites. One's called Bay Area Raps and the other one's called Vegas Raps. And they basically cover concerts that are based on hip-hop and R&B. So it's a concerts listing site so that 
people in those areas can go on the site and check out what's going on in the cities, you know, especially like Bay Area. We have a large amount of different cities that are congested in this area. So I cover uh, cities from Santa Cruz all the way to Sacramento, all hip hop and R&B. Some are different, you know, EDMs. But when it comes to, I mean, some include EDM. But uh, with Las Vegas, you know, I have VegasRaps.com and a lot of those clubs are clubs that are off the strip. So if you go on there, you'll see not only the nightclubs, but you'll also see the hotels. Because a lot of times, you know, you're walking down the strip, you just see the, you see the hotels, you don't necessarily see the club names. So yeah. that's a, it's a kind of a site that will help navigate, you know, you through the Las Vegas Strip to go to hip-hop friendly clubs. Okay. You could also check it out, you know, beforehand. And then let's say that you see a dope show in November, then you could go ahead and book your event around that show. So instead of going out there and it's like, oh, what am I going to do at night? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, yeah, have it all planned out beforehand. Uh, yeah. How did you get involved with the Vegas, uh, the VegasRaps.com? I know you live in the Bay Area, so that's kind of logical that you get get involved with there. How do you jump from here to Vegas? Well, after I was doing Bay Area raps, I was considering picking up another city to cover. And, you know, of course, naturally, I thought about covering Los Angeles. I've also thought about New York. I thought about Miami. But I've also thought about the weight of the work because I also um, have my hands in different other companies. And at the time, I was managing a street team. So it was just kind of I didn't want something that was going to make me lose my mind. And I definitely didn't want it. Yeah, definitely. I needed to be a little contained. But anyways... I, I was looking at Vegas and I'm like, you know, this this is a city that people from all over the world go to, no matter who you are. But of course, you are got to be 21. So anyways, I wanted to choose that city because it wasn't too humongous to the point where, you know, I would have to keep tabs on all these different clubs and new ones coming up or whatever. So I picked Las Vegas and Fortunately, today, a lot of great mainstream artists are doing more shows. Back in the 90s and early 2000s, it was kind of like a, a bad thing if you were doing shows in Las Vegas. But right now in this day and age, it's pretty much like when Vegas started. Some of the hottest acts come out. So that's why I started covering Las Vegas. I just wanted to extend the website, and I wanted to cover a city that wasn't too small and not neither too big, but also something where not only people from the Bay Area could go to, but a lot of other people, uh, you know, worldwide would be down to check out the site and, you know, go ahead and visit the city. And plus, hip-hop was worldwide, too, so. And you have, like, a constantly refreshing audience, too, rolling through Vegas. So, I don't know, your yeah. reach as people keep coming, that just makes it grow, or at least I'd assume so. Yeah, that's the plan. So plan. All right. And with choosing Vegas was like, since it's kind of like, uh, as you said, not too big, not too small. Were there many competitors that you have to deal with? Do you kind of have the, the market? Well, I believe that definitely there's other websites that cover Las Vegas. There's definitely other sites that cover the, uh, that covers hip hop, but not solely. And that was one thing that I've, that's the whole reason why I started Bay Area Raps was because I saw a lot of websites that talked about shows, but they weren't, like, there's no 
filter where you can say, I only want to see hip hop or I only want to see R&B. And I guess it's because a lot of artists try to, you know, deflect and be like, well, I'm not really a one genre, you know, type of gig. So I totally understand that. But so uh, that's why I decided to just stick with hip hop and R&B. I felt like it was necessary. So I don't have too much competition when it comes to just hip hop and R&B websites that are coming Las Vegas. Now, there are I be- I think there's about two different websites that covers hip hop and R&B for, for the Bay Area. But, um, you know, so there's like a little competition with that. But with Vegas, I haven't seen any websites or anything okay, like that. Okay, so so what sets you apart from, say, the other websites in the Bay Area? Well, uh, my my website is a little bit more simplified, whereas, like, there's one website that I won't mention their name, but it's kind of just a list of different shows, and then you click on that list like, let's say that I see, I read out a show that LO Cool J is going to be at the Masonic on October 23rd. So you'll click on that, and then it'll bring you to another page of theirs that explains, you know, how much the tickets are, what's the uh, the age group, and all that good stuff. So, you know, it's a little bit, I guess, I wouldn't say more complicated than mine, but mine is just a little simple because once you go on, you just see a group of three squares in a row, you see the, you know, the information at the bottom. I don't mention the price because I believe that sometimes, you know, prices change. Sometimes I may get that wrong. And when it comes to people and money, I don't, I don't like to mess with that money thing. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to tell you something's $20 and then you get there and it's $40 a night. Cause a lot of clubs do that. You know, you go to like some clubs and the prices change once the night gets a little bit, uh, like, you know, the, the price may be 10 bucks at nine o'clock. But once it hits 11, it might go up to 25. Once you get there after yeah. 12, then they might try to bump it up to 40. So I do my best to not try to uh, just try to keep the, the listing as simple as possible. So you know, okay, if you see somebody's face and you recognize them, then you're going to stop and look at the picture. Right under, you're going to see the name of the place. You're going to see the name of the artist, and then you'll see the age, you know, the age limit. So if it's 21 and up, whatever, and then you see the address. So some websites give you all the information possible. Some will just show you like a list and you'll have to go through. Mine is just kind of like as if you were on Instagram, you know what I'm saying? You just see three images across. If you like it, you can click on the square and it will take you directly to the promoter's link to where you can purchase the tickets. Then you can find what the price is. You can get your pre-sales. You can see if there's VIP, etc. So... That's how uh, mine kind of differs from different sites that I've seen before. All right. For your perspective, do you actually have it set up so through the clicks, is it like an affiliate advertising link? Like you get paid for sending them there? Well, that's that's key. It just depends on what which promoter it is, honestly, because I don't have relationships with all promoters. So when I started, I had very little relationships with different promoters. And the ones that I did have with were kind of like putting on shows where they didn't have pre-sales. So that's the goal for mine is to continue on building relationship promoters so that way I can do those affiliate marketing programs. All right. And at the very least, uh, by bringing traffic to them, I'm sure uh, they'll start to recognize that and then let you know about shows like before a lot of other places too, correct? Yes, which 
which is definitely always nice because you got to stay ahead of the game. All right. So in addition to uh, Bay Area and Vegas raps, what have you been up to? Uh, in addition to that, I've been working with different artists. Uh, there's one guy, his name is R.S. Greedy. He just released an album called Greed is Good. And, of course, a lot of people who heard that title and was like, ooh, Greed is not good. But, honestly, he's like one <laughs> of the most humble guys I've ever, I've ever met. And I've been working with him for a few years, but we've actually been working a lot more closer together this past year. So he's recently released this album, and it pretty much touches on the fact that you have to stack your money in order to reinvest not only in your community but within yourself. So don't be necessarily greedy with the people in your community, but be greedy by being mindful about your financial status and use your money to reinvest in yourself. And that's something that I've seen him do, you know, quite often, and not a lot of artists do that. So, um... I've been working so, with like, him. what has he done to do this? Well, what, what are uh, some examples? He's advertised his music on a number of blogs and sites that um, drive a lot of traffic to not only just view who he is, but also for name recognition purposes. And he's also uh, purchased a number of CDs. So that way he can put those into certain stores. So we just signed a two physical distribution deals uh, last month. Those were his first set uh, physical distribution deals. So one is with Amoeba and the other is with Rasputin's. So okay. uh, we started off with that, you know, just going to those stores and speaking with the music buyers. And then they put in a number of CDs throughout their stores throughout the Bay Area. And then um, I also have ST Spitten, who has a number of projects sitting on right now and he's just been releasing different singles we've been going with him about different artwork that he wants to do and I've been trying to set him up with different radio stations as well as RS Greedy I also have another client that I'm working with that I'm reworking with we kind of you know kind of took a step back but we started working together again and you know, I was working with a lot more different clients but I kind of took a step back from a number of them uh, okay. just, be, just because, you know, when I first started with them, we were both in different stages of our lives and, you know, but now, you know, some people kind of wanted to reel back or some people didn't really want to move. So I've kind of reeled back on a number of clients and I haven't been taking in too many new ones because I really want to focus on the ones that are like at, up and at them and ready and like steady recording and pushing. So, you know, I'm just focused on those three for the moment. But definitely, you know, check out RS Gritty and check out SD Spittin'. All right, perfect. What do you look for when you are looking at artists to represent? I'm looking for consistency and also people who invest in themselves. That's the main thing that I'm looking for. Before it was talent, but now it's just more about who realizes that this is a business and is treating it as such. Okay. Uh, so what would be, like, I don't know, I guess I'm just trying to figure out what would be some of the things that uh, they do to let you know that they're treating it as a business. For one, they would be having tangible material to pass out. So tangible material would be CDs, flyers, stickers, uh, clothing. Okay. And also, 
it would have to be like, let's say that you're recording consistently and you're dropping songs and you don't take breaks often in between doing so. So those, uh, those are the type of things that I look for. I just want someone who's going to work harder than myself or themselves. Because if you, if I'm working harder than you and you're not providing me a product, then I'm just somebody that's trying to talk you up. And usually nine times out of 10, people that are, are people that I admire in this business don't like to deal with artists that have people working harder than themselves. It just doesn't usually click. It just ends up being a bad investment. So if you work really hard and if you're down to buy CDs and you understand that people aren't going to cash you out to do music videos and stuff like that, and you have to actually cash out yourself to do those things, then I'm definitely down to work work with you. Definitely down for that. That that makes complete sense. Why would you want to represent somebody or promote somebody who won't go out and promote themselves? So when they have that along with what you're doing for them, I could see it being a much better relationship working-wise. Exactly. You are you also have another job involved in the music industry helping out with a DJ software company pulselocker.com? Yes. What what do you do uh, for those guys? I curate three different genres, which means that I publicate uh each week a list of singles and albums that I feel that are hot. So um for like this week I pre- I publicated some singles with Juicy J, Kanye West, T.I. just released a single called U.S., which is basically us. Um, there's a number of singles that I push, and as well as, like, albums. So my job is to make sure that people who are downloading and going on to Post Locker know not only what songs are popular, but what songs are new into the system and what songs are eventually going to, you know hopefully become hits. So my job is to listen to the music, label it as hip-hop, R&B, Top 40, if it's bass or metal or whatever it is, I'll, I'll label it as that genre, and then I'll publicate whatever I think is hot. And, you know, sometimes it's music that I like. Sometimes it's music that I may not necessarily be my favorite song, but it's, like, number one on the billboard. So... You know, it comes with tough decisions, but I enjoy doing it because I really like publicating a song or a single or or an album. And then I hear about it the following week as, you know, some new stuff like on the radio or something like that, where like the DJ picks for the week and then it's something that I publicated. So I really enjoy doing that. So uh, the music that you put up on uh, Pulse Locker, is that mainly for, like, radio stations or is that for uh, club DJs as well? It's mainly – it's supposed to be for all DJs, but mainly it's for club DJs and radio station DJs. At least my picks are for that because a lot of the songs that I pick out uh, are for the club, but also, you know – about 40% are a little bit slower songs, which you can't play in the club, but you can definitely play on the radio. So to me, if it's slow, you know what I'm saying? It can definitely be for the radio. It could definitely be for the club, but it's, it's going to be for either one, you know? 
It's not necessarily for the people that just want to sit back and relax for the day. But we do have a genre called Down Tempo and Lounge. So okay. the, the program is not only for DJs. It's also, you know, it has a kind of like a platform set for a laptop. So if you're just a music listener and you want to pay about 10 to 20 bucks a month, then you could listen to any album that you want to on your laptop, much like as if you would have Apple Music or Beats or Tidal on your phone. Postlocker is something that you can use on your laptop. And you can play an entire album or you can favorite all your songs, create playlists or whatever, you know, and just kind of like listen to music as you go. All right, cool. Um, you were telling me about a uh, a new genre of music, um, rhythm and bass? Yeah, it's called R and bass. R and bass? Is that rhythm and bass? Yeah, it's, it's pretty, I, I guess R&B is considered rhythm and bass. So R and bass is more like R&B mixed with hip hop. So the original term for R&B is R&Bass. But definitely when it comes to R&Bass, that means that let's say there's a singer on a song, you know what I'm saying? But they're singing over something that would be classified as a hip-hop beat. It's usually fast tempo, lots of bass to it. So it would kind of be like a contemporary R&B song that would be for the club. Much like what we were talking about, like the different music that we want to promote for the website, which would be for the clubs and for the radio. So, of course, radio and clubs tend to play a lot of music that's fast paced. So a lot of R&B music that has a lot of fast pace, a lot of energy, lots of 808s, it would be considered R&B. And especially like songs that have collaborations between R&B artists and hip hop artists. So like. For an example of a song, I'm actually going to go old school on this. I'm trying to think of the first song that I can think of that one that could possibly be considered R and bass. Like going back chronologically, the first one anyway. I'm thinking like Tupac and Casey and JoJo. Yes, yes. I was trying to get in the way back machine. I but. know. I, I thought you were going to go like New Jack Swing on me. I was like, not necessarily, but that's ideal. No, but seriously, like Casey and JoJo, that's a perfect example. Because Casey and JoJo, when they came out, um, they were called Jodeci. And when Jodeci came out, that was kind of like bad boy with the R&B. And, of course, they were, you know, messing around with Puff and uh, some other producers. And so they just kind of brought that rawness to R&B versus like uh, when – What's that group? Boys to Men was kind of like super, super R&B. But then you had Jodeci and it's like, you know, they had those hip hop beats and stuff like that. So definitely a Tupac and Jodeci song was definitely on an R&B tip. But that brings it so back. Like that's like before people weren't even talking about an R&B. No, but there's this guy from Los Angeles. I believe he's from the Bay Area, but basically he's based in Los Angeles. And he created a website that's called rmbase.com. And uh, they basically cover all things that are R&B. So usually when I'm working on my R&B publication, I'll go to rmbase.com and I'll come up on a lot of different R&B artists that are mainstream, independent, and international. So, you know, if you guys are even considering tapping into R&Base or you want to check more about it, go on rmbase.com. It's a really dope site. 
No, I went uh, I went old school on that example because I wanted to try to think of go back before the term even existed and go back to find somebody. But who would be somebody out there right now that is doing the whole R and bass vibe? Definitely, it would be Jeremiah. He's had one of the. Um, he's got this song called "Don't Tell Him." And that dropped about close to about two years ago. And that was like one of the first singles that was actually considered to be an arm based track, kind of like an introduction to what arm based was. You also have Adrian Marcel, who's got this song called um, 2 AM. And that's pretty much arm based type of instrumental. And he's had a remix with Sage Gemini on there, who's, an, who's a rapper. So that would be considered an arm based track, you know. There's a number of artists, you know, that do R&B. It's kind of almost hand in hand. Like if you do something that's just super up tempo for the club, that's usually considered R&B. So I don't think there's any artists that necessarily just do R&B. I just feel like R&B just has to do with the type of instrumental that you're playing around with at that time. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So nobody's really, I'm an R&B musician. It's just like, this yeah. is kind of classifies as an R&B song. Exactly. All right, cool. So what do you have going on right now that you want to be big shows coming up? Uh, people can find at your uh, websites, BayAreaRaps or VegasRaps.com that you want to talk about? Definitely right now, Halloween weekend is coming up. So Vegas is really get gearing up for Halloween weekend. You know, adults love the party, man. So <laughs> at Dre's, uh, Dre's, I hope I'm expressing that hotel name right. I mean, it's not a hotel. It's a, uh, it's not the MGM Grand Hotel. Okay. But that's a club called Dre's. And they're actually doing like a four-night thing where they're going to have Fetty Wap, 50 Cent, T.I., and I forgot the, the other one. Oh, man, Future. Future. How could I forget Future? So they're going to have Fetty Wap, Future, 50 Cent, and T.I. there for four nights in a row for all of Halloween weekend from the 28th to the 31st. And then on BayAreaRaps.com, Kanye West is supposed to be coming out on the 22nd and the 23rd back-to-back at Oracle. Then you also have uh, November. It's really, like I've been saying, man, November is looking disgusting. Because it's just, it's crazy shows going on right now. You got, let me go back. You got DJ Mustard on the 4th coming to 1015, which is in San Francisco. You have Lauren Hill, Nods, and Kaylani that's doing a show at the Bill Graham in San Francisco. They put on, a, they had a show for the 4th at Greek Theater, and that sold out within like two, three days. Now they got one at Bill Graham that's coming up like right the day before. Then on the 4th, you have Post Malone. You got on the 9th, ASAP Ferg. On the 7th, Tory Lanes. On the 9th, you have Mac Miller. And those are all in San Francisco at the Warfield and in the Regency Ballroom. Mac Miller's actually going to be at the Fox Theater in Oakland. Then you have Ray okay. Schmerd coming out with Little Yachty. You got uh, Zoe, Denzel Curry, Erica Badu's finally doing an actual, like, because Erica Badu has been coming back and forth to the Bay for a minute this year, but she's been doing mainly DJ sets. So this time she's actually doing a live singing set on the 15th. And then you have Wow, I didn't even know that she was still around. Dude, she's killing it. Like, she's selling out shows just doing DJing. But now she's on a tour, you know, for singing. So it's like, yeah, it's crazy. 
Then you got, like I said, Lupe Fiasco, he's coming out. Then you have uh, YG, who's doing a tour. He's going to be hitting up Fox Theater. And what's crazy is that uh, the Ace of Spades in Sacramento, the APM show just sold out. So instead of doing another, like, it's crazy. They just introduced a matinee show for them, which is going to be four hours before the sold out show. So just right now, if you go on BayAreRaps.com, you guys in Sacramento can tap in and catch that 4 p.m. show. It just went on sale. It's an all-ages show at Ace of Spades, which is uh, basically Orangeville. No, Boardwalk is in Orangeville, but it's in Sacramento, Sacramento area. And right. he's also doing a Catalyst Club. So, yeah, bunch of shows. Don't want to give them all away. You want people to still have Don't to come to your website. You know, <laughs> and that's I'm just saying. That's just November, though. That's just November. Like, I'm not even counting this month or December, but just November is, like, packed. So if you're down to go out and it's your birthday or you guys got some family coming out for Thanksgiving, yo, this is where you guys want to, you know, go ahead and go on and set up your Thanksgiving weekend. Right on, right on. You mentioned Lupe Fiasco there. I kind of, I, I haven't heard a whole lot of Lupe, but I like, I like what I have heard. I like the, he has like the horns and stuff in the background. Kind of a funky vibe, but he has a really cool vibe to him. I like Lupe, and I think what connects, what's really gonna do well for Lupe since he's coming to the Bay Area is the fact that um, he gave his last feature to Mr. Fab. And Mr. Fab is a seasoned rapper from the Bay Area, he's from North Oakland, and he's a, a songwriter also. And he's wrote a lot of hit songs for cats like Chris Brown, and I think he just wrote a song for Snoop Dogg. So basically, Mr. Fab just recently dropped an album that he had been working on for about five years, and he got a feature from Lupe Fiasco, and Lupe told him, this is the last feature I'm ever going to give anybody. So that's going to be a hot show, and I hope that Mr. Fab will get a chance to come out and perform with him and possibly do the, the song that, you know, he's he's recorded with him. So that, that should be really exciting for the Bay Area and for Lupe. Lots of respect That'll for that. That would be worth checking out. Um, so what advice do you have for people who are looking to get involved in management and consultation? I would definitely say that you need to make sure that whatever genre that you plan to cover, that you understand the history of that genre and that you make sure that you love that genre and that you respect it. So that way, no matter who you're representing, you'll be in love with the genre. You know what I mean? I think you'll pay a lot more better care and attention to what you put out into the world or help to put out into the world. And also just be honest with people and don't try to sell any dreams. Just always be honest and always, you know, work and always look for more information and never allow an artist to use you as a money cow, you know, a cash cow. Because some artists look look at managers almost like record labels. And so they kind of, you know, look to you for funding. And being a manager, funding is not your job. You got to understand that managing an artist is just like managing a Jamba Juice. Just because you're helping to decide how many berries and bananas you're going to order doesn't mean that you're going to pull out <laughs> of your own pocket 
you know what I'm saying, money to buy those berries and bananas. Because that's not your job. Your job is to help them manage the money in order to make those things happen. And you don't also don't be super money hungry because the money will come. And never rely 100% on the artist, too. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. So as long as you stay true to yourself and you love the genre that you're working in and you don't get played, then you should be good. I like the Jamba Juice reference uh, analogy there. Yeah, as a manager, you you aren't supposed to be funding the band. That is the label's job or the band's job. Exactly. Or the investor's job, you know? Because if you're an investor, then call it that. But don't be investing and calling yourself a manager. If you're an investor, you're an investor. That's It is what it is. And even investors don't even have to put in management work. Are there people that are investors and managers at the same time? Or is it pretty much hard to be both? I think that it's hard to be both. But at the same time, if you have the money and if you have the backing and you know, like, let's say that, Let's say that you decide to spend $7,000 to rent out a space for your artist to perform. Because recently I went to a place called Inca's Palace in Richmond, and it was $7,000 for a Saturday night to rent out. And, of course, you know, you're thinking, like, man, that's a lot of money. But you have to understand that the venue also provides you VIP space upstairs, and they also provide you with a number of tables downstairs. So that means that not only do you offer the customers the opportunity to get general admission, but you also have the opportunity to charge people for VIP, and you also have the opportunity to charge people for tables. So when you charge people for tables, generally that could be 100 to $200 per table. Yeah. If you charge VIP, let's say the general tickets are like $25. So you charge VIP $40. So off top, you're going to make money. So if you're going to be an investor, then make sure that you're investing the 7000 in the venue, but you know that you're going to make money right after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's So th- that would be a smart investment. When you're working with uh, your clients, how do you want them to remember dealing with you? What do you want them to take away? I would want them to recognize that I was honest with them and to take away the fact that I didn't try to sell them any dreams and that my only intentions was to make sure that that whatever their goals were for music would come into fruition, you know, through whatever that they were willing to put down on the line. So at the end of the day... You know, if they weren't down to become mainstream or to be signed, then I wouldn't push them towards being signed. Always be honest with your clients. Always be consistent and don't be a dream seller. Don't tell someone that you're going to help them sell millions of records. Don't tell them that you're going to help them create hit songs. Don't promise them anything. If you are going to promise something, Just promise to always be honest and actually follow through with that. Do you have any advice for artists that are looking for, say, management? Uh, Basically, when you want to look for someone to represent you or you want to look for a uh, manager, you want to go with someone who's honest and someone that you admire, someone that you see working with different artists that are actually getting stuff into fruition. So if you were to 
go with someone like a consultant for a release a consultant. That's what I do. Okay. And also you want to ask their clients, you know, about them as okay. well. And not always take things to heart because some people, you know, some artists, you know, it's just like what you see on TV too sometimes, like just how artists and actors are deceptive in Hollywood. Sometimes they get a bad rep too. But sometimes it's true, just like there are some crappy managers. So sometimes there are artists where it's like, you know, they're like, well, it's all me and I did it and me on my own and whatever. And they're not counting the publicist or the distributor or the label or the producer or the engineer that told them how to say anything. You know what I'm saying? So don't always take anyone's word for heart. But, you know, just get out there and talk to people and get to know who's dirty and who's not. And it'll become very clear the longer that you are in this game. So also don't rush into anything. Don't rush to work with anybody. Don't ever, you know, run up to a bunch of different artists and try to, you know, be like, oh, bro, we should work. We should do that. Because that's also a turnoff. You go to people that work really hard in order to drop a song and get 5,000 plays within an hour. They're not going to want to work with everybody for free, especially because they know that they're going to bring value to you so if you're the type of person that only gets five plays per per song that you drop and you go up to a person that gets five thousand plays every time that they drop you know within a few days you got to expect the fact that they may want to get you know paid so that's another advice too, the artists be ready to break some bread when it's time to not everything's going to be for free and nobody owes you anything and this is a business it's not a handout business it's not a you know what i'm saying it's not a soup kitchen (laughs) fair enough fair enough all right, that is some really good advice, uh, B. Casa. I have one more question for you before I let you get on your way. Um, I ask this to all of my guests. How do you live uncontained? I live uncontained because I don't let boundaries to define me. I live uncontained because a lot of people who look like myself fall into certain restrictions where you're, you know, I'm, for example, I know you guys can't see me, but if you could, you would see a young black woman single that's coming up in this world. A lot of women in my category fall into some, you know, some wrong paths or whatever, because that's how I guess kind of people that look like me, it's not supposed to be too designed to coming up at least independently or entrepreneurship wise or whatever so i don't i don't let those things define me just because there's a lot of people that look like me that aren't in my field i don't let that discourage me from moving forward and i also don't let money discourage me as well because a lot of people like to say that you know you need money in order to get yourself in the business of music and that's not always the case so just disregard anyone's opinion when it comes to dwarfing whatever situation that you want to come true that's how I live uncontained. I don't. I take advice from people, but I don't listen to their discouragements. Sometimes people are just discouraging because they don't truly believe in themselves. I like that. Take advice, but don't listen to their discouragements. That's. I think that wraps that up right there. Uh, I just have one more thing left for you to do. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show? Definitely. Yo, what's up? This is B. Casa, and I live uncontained. 
Thanks again to Bcaster for stopping by and talking with me here, and thank you for listening. Make sure you get into iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing with a friend. And yes, I want to know how you live uncontained. So capture a picture, video, image of yourself living uncontained. Tag it with hashtag live uncontained. I want to know what you're doing, how you're living outside of the box. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, live uncontained.